Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. On this episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about hats, famous quotes, and we have part one of our interview with Lisa Cable from Redfield Home Care. Welcome, one and all, to the great show that is The Kindness Project. Woo-hoo! I'm joined by... Um, who is clearly the ringmaster of this humble circus? It's Russell Dames. <laughs> what? And who is clearly the performing monkey? It's Chris Dames. How dare! <laughs> How dare you! You apparently you're the ringmaster, and I'm the performing monkey. That's probably about right, Russ. <laughs> I like being the ringmaster. <laughs> Where's your hat? And uh, no, not See, I, you know what? I know this is a bit of a tangent. And I'm sorry, I'm joined by a girl who could probably either be the strong man or the bearded lady. It's Charlotte Dames. How are you doing, Charlotte? Oh, Pops, I'm really <laughs> No, you know I love you. You know I'm only kidding. Now, let, let's yeah. just... Uh, and and uh, I'm joined, apparently, shouting from afar and playing the PlayStation... Uh, it's Sophie Dames. How you doing, Sophie? Yeah. Right, okay. So Sophie's here as well. We're also joined by the proper leader of this merry bunch of uh, misfits. It's Russell. How you doing, Russ? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. Right, let's just have a conversation. I know this is completely off tangent, and it's not about circuses or ringmasters and stuff like that but you said something russ that i completely agree with i don't do hats i've never done hats and i don't think i've like unless it's like a a hat with really cold and i've got to wear out to keep me warm i've never ever been into hats now charlotte you love a hat don't you i've got a drawer full of hats i've got a hat collection there was a, a time where I, I had two drawers full of hats, but I had to start limiting them down, and I probably won't be allowed to take all of them to university. Two drawers full of hats is too many hats. Isn't it? I don't understand what? the purpose of a hat, though. I can, I, can, <laughs> I can understand in the winter, but you see the kids wearing their baseball hats. Oh, you know, you know what, Russ? I think you might be getting old, my friend, because you've just used the phrase. <laughs> you see the kids? You see the kids doing it? That is the sign of getting old. Why can't you do it? Just bowl around Northfield with a baseball cap, pretending oh, you're straight. Russ. Start calling people bruv. I ankles as well, eh? Huh? I wear my trousers, wear my ankles as I thought well, you did. Eh? No. I thought you did. No. <laughs> so, yeah, hat. Unofficial question of the podcast listeners. How do we feel about hats? Just yeah, just write in, let us know how you feel about hats. I like hats. Yeah, see what well, would you ever? I, I'd be tempted to go formal with hats. So a top hat or a like I don't know. Deer stalker. I don't know. What hat would you wear? Um, there was that time we had that thing that whenever it snowed, we wore one of those like flat caps. See, I think flat caps, they're like a proper retro cool thing. But I just, I don't know. Every time I put a hat on, I don't think it suits me. So I just don't bother. Unless it's super cold and I'm wearing a hat. Anyway, that's hats done. How's your week been, Russ? You, you do wear a hat, though. You wear a helmet, don't you? That's like a hat. It's like a padded hat. 
no, it's no, it's a safety sa- hat. No, 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 it's not a safety hat. I wear a I wear a cycle helmet when I'm out on my bike. I don't wear it for fashion, do I? And I don't I don't keep it on. Um, I don't keep it on while I'm just wandering around the office, do I? Sometimes you keep it on when you're wandering around the house, though. No, I don't. You know what I keep on doing, though? Because our lights are so low in our lounge. I keep on bumping my head on the... Uh, when, when I'm getting ready to leave for the day, I keep on bumping my head on the... Um, on the it's not a chandelier, is it? Just a light, light really. Fixture. Just a light fixture. I keep bumping my head on the light fixture. So, never worn hats for us. Could we tempt you to wear a hat? No. Like a beanie. Beanie. How about a beanie? I once had one of them hats, you know, the ones with the ears on. Oh, what are they called? That was an extremely cold winter, though. Was it? But I had the hat with the ear things on. Earmuffs. I, I think. No. I think. I think you'd suit a pair of bright pink no, earmuffs. No, it's an all in one. It's an all in one hat. Like they've got the fuzzy bits earmuffs. there, and it's got the yeah. bit over the top. I can't. Because I'm, I'm not a hat aficionado, I can't remember the name of any hats. The only one that springs to mind is Deerstalker, because that's the one that's even, even, even in the cold weather, my head seems to get so hot, I have to take it off. <laughs> do you want to take your head off? No, the hat. How'd you do that? The hat. Right, so in really cold weather, you yeah. still have a hot head? Yeah. Right, you're out in like I don't know, minus five. Is your head still hot? Yes. So, so what temperature? Obviously, your body temperature. Yeah. Then, while you're walking, goes up, and with a hat, it just itches me. I'm not convinced. If it was minus ten, if it was minus ten, I'd have a hot head. I don't think I've ever been anywhere that's minus ten. Right, okay, fair enough. What's the coldest experience <coughs> you've ever had? And that's question one. And question two, did you still have a hot head? Probably minus two, minus three, I've been Minus there. two? Okay, interesting. Head still hot? Yep. Head still hot. Here's a challenge for you, right? Put your head in the fridge. <laughs> Put your head in the fridge. Wouldn't Why are you laughing? Right, wouldn't it be the freezer? Because... A fridge yeah. doesn't go to minus, it just goes to zero. If you put it in the a freezer, it's minus. Perfect. Put your head in the freezer. Put it in the freezer, low as it can go, and just test and measure whether your head can get cold. Why don't I take a shower in dry ice? Perfect. Ooh, this is the way to do it. Open water swimming. Go open water swimming and see if you've still got yeah, a hot head. That, that, that's not a good measure of if you're walking around, you have a hot head, is it? Because water <laughs> seems colder. E- even in the summer, the water seems freezing. I, I, I don't know, Russ. I don't think I've ever heard of somebody testing whether they've got a hot head or not. I don't think it's a scientific think, experiment. That happens quite a lot. But I don't know anybody else. Who at minus two, minus three, has still got a hot head. I didn't test it. It just felt hot with a hat on. 
You right. should have tested this before you brought this hypothesis to Exactly, me. exactly. You haven't tested the hot where, where is your pilot study? I, I know, I know. And I love the phrase hot head hypothesis, don't you? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> right? But here's my problem, Step right? You... <laughs> I want to get a t-shirt. Can we can we get some merch, some Carnage Project merch that just says um, hot head hypothesis? Um, That'd be amazing. Fun. We've come from cooking topless with rust to hot head hypothesis. Well, I mean that proves it. That proves it gets hot really quick, doesn't it? Because I mean, like, sort of, or 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 that he's just really memeable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rust and his cooking topless with rust, and then the next show is rust and his hot head hypothesis. We are just YouTube channels waiting to happen here. I, I've got to say, but this is the thing, right? Now you did mention that you once wore a hat. Yeah. How cold did it have to get for you to wear a hat? No, that was the time. So I was wearing a hat out. I was wearing a hat. I was out. Uh, you were out. You were out. I had to take it off because we had got to what? <laughs> it's the kindest project on the most boring show on I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Is that the... Is, sorry, I thought we were doing a scientific test here. Is that your hypothesis? I was out once, my head got hot, and I took me out of. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh. Russell, oh, you know what? Russell is a dead genuine star of this show. Hot head rust. Um, uh, right, right. What we what we will do yeah, is we actually get, we get we get a crew T-shirt, the kindest project, and just underneath hot, hot head, head rust. Hot head rust and his hot head hypothesis. <laughs> rust, hot head games. Oh, now yeah, we I'm have to change my Facebook name to that. After, hot yeah. head rust. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We what we need is just a, a picture of you. Do, have you ever seen the Pixar uh, film um, with the guy? Uh, what was it? That in, set in the body, with, inside out, where the guy's really ang angry oh, and his head just explodes and bursts into flames. I've just got this image of you taking your hat off, and because you're not too hot, it's just on fire. Um, anyway, there is an official question of the podcast. How hot your head? Um, but Russ has always uh, already answered that for all of us. It's clearly very hot. Um, but the the real question of the podcast is what's your favorite saying what what like from a speech from a from like what is the thing where you go you know what that's really inspiring really inspirational i really love that friend's uh saying or phrase what's your favorite famous quote um what's yours Russ? what do you reckon yours this if i have seen it's by standing on the shoulders of giants Love that. Really good, Charlotte. Um, oh, you should have given me more time to think about this. My one. I went out. It was cold. Took me out of. I, was, <laughs> I, I, I went out. I, I went out. I, it was cold. Put me out, out on. Went out. I was warm. Took me out of. I was cold again. And that was it. That was it. No, genuinely, I think there are so, so many so amazing many phrases. And I am loving, at the minute, a book uh, uh, called The Daily Stoic. And it's full of 
uh, Stoic philosophy. If you're into philosophy in any way, shape, or form, I'd certainly recommend you read it. And it's weird because normally I read through books probably too quickly to uh, take everything in the book in. The, the discipline of this book, and clearly you can read it all the way through if you wanted to, is that it's designed to read uh, just one page a day. And it's really, really good. So some of the stoic phrases in that um, are amazing, uh, including one of my favourites, the one I say quite a lot, this too shall pass. Christ, Love that. that. Love that. Well, you don't like that one. You're not keen on that We've one. We've heard it so many times. I know, now. that's because I like it. That's because I like it. But yeah, all, all, all good. But standing on the shoulders of giants is another amazing one. Listeners, we'd love to hear your favourite uh, saying or quote or phrase. Um, Charlotte, where can people get in touch? Right, so, so we have a Twitter page. It's at Ola Kindness. We have a Facebook page. If you type the Kindness Project into the search bar, we should come up. If you type the Kindness Project podcast into the Google search bar, we should come up there too. Oh. If you t- if you want to go directly to the website, it's www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. If you want to email us, it's all at kindnessproject.co.uk. Touch with us. Uh, uh, if if you'd like to speak to the dog, it's Dexter at thekindnessproject.co.uk. Um, and if it's you would, make... well, no, Dexter hasn't got his own email address. He doesn't get that many emails. No. But maybe, maybe we should set him an email address up. Uh, Dexter at hotmail.com. <laughs> uh, and if you want to get in touch with us on MySpace, please don't try. We have been banned. So, <laughs> yeah, apparently Russ, Russ's head was too hot for MySpace. <laughs> they, they've got a minimum temperature on MySpace. You've got to have a cool head to use it. So, uh, Russ got, did you get barred from, have you been barred from a social media account? Russ? No. 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 Bit boring, Russ. Bit boring, Russ. <laughs> what, what, if you could get banned from any, if, if you could get banned from a social media channel, what would it be, Russ? What would it be for? Or what social media channel would I Your do? choice. Your choice. Uh, I'd probably say Twitter. I, I use it very little. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll try and get you banned from Twitter then. Um, right. Let's move on. We've got kindness news, so let's crack on with that. And here is the jingle. Kindness news. And the first one is high school athletes. Athletes? High school athletes shovel snow for their neighbours a special weightlifting assignment for football team. Students in Western Pennsylvania had a snow day, but instead of staying home or meeting for an indoor workout, these teens on a high school football team were instructed by their coach to get outside and help their neighbours. Coach Brian DeBellalio at Bearfield Park High School near Pittsburgh took to Twitter to announce that Monday's weightlifting session in the gymnasium was cancelled, but he had an alternative assignment for the young men. Due to the expected severe weather, Monday's weightlifting workout has been cancelled. Find an elderly or disabled neighbour and shovel their driveway. That's our Monday Monday workout. He also told the boys not to accept any money. By by mid-morning, more than 27 of the athletes were texting photos to their coach, with some saying they were on their sixth driveway. One of the students even reported that his elderly neighbours were not accepting their non-payment requirement, insisting on a donation. What better workout than shoveling 
uh, driveways, said Brandon DeLuca, a junior on the team who went from hours to hours offering their, their services with teammate Colton Poofoofa. It's just nice getting out there, helping out the community and helping out others that need help. And I like the idea of just uh, staying, a, staying a bit fit but also just helping out uh, people people in need. Um, so thank you for, for those guys for doing that. And uh, kind of news number two, UK supermarket Waitrose helps fight hunger and food waste in new scheme. UK supermarket Waitrose has teamed up with food redistribution organisation Fairshare to develop a new scheme which will re- redirect surplus farm food to families in need. Throughout lockdown, this has helped many vulnerable families Sorry about that. We've struggled through financial challenge, financially challenging times, providing important nutrition for those who would otherwise go hungry. Environment Secretary Jill Dewsday said food waste is one of the most significant environmental challenges that we face. I commend Waitrose, there's suppliers and farmers who are working to help divert food to fair share. You know what? It's really interesting. I think all supermarkets should do this and on a greater scale than they do currently. Because you think about the amount of food that goes to waste at the end of a week or month mm. and the good that could do to, to uh, particularly particularly as, uh, in the UK, if you're listening to this abroad, there is more and more people who need to use the food banks and stuff like that. We really need to be supporting people in the UK better. Since the 1st of March, Farmshare and Waitrose have provided over 5 million surplus apples, crooked, cooked carrots, mushrooms and sweet baby sprouts in hope to create more than one million meals for vulnerable families across the UK. In addition, Waitrose has provided over one million British eggs and 22 tonnes of British beef in order uh, to combat low levels of protein. Both these commodities were donated by Stonegate and Dovecot Park. Uh, on top of the scheme, the Zoom Market Chain has been working in partnership with charity in other ways since 2017. By taking leftover food from their shops and letting other charities collect it using their app, for Waitrose, all of these combined efforts help build towards their commitment to halve their food waste by 2030. And I, it's never going to be perfect food waste, is it? You know, there's always going to be an element of it. But I think if the big corporates, big suppliers all work together to, to reduce it, that's got to be a good thing. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that it's definitely an issue that we're noticing more now it's definitely an issue we're working to combat more and i think yeah you're absolutely right it's never going to be perfect but i think with little steps or like this that turn into bigger steps this is gonna become less and less of a and it's interesting isn't it because like where where you look at countries like the uk which are relatively wealthy in the world Mm. and you turn around and go there shouldn't be anybody really who struggles to eat at night, yet the prevalence of food banks and the, the amount of people who need to use them tell us that we do need to do better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all good. And on that note, that's kind of news. Well done to everybody involved in, in that. Uh, this week's interview is uh, with Lisa Cable from uh, Radfield. Now, I wanted to interview Lisa because I know that Lisa's business that specialises 
in home-based care for the elderly uh, have has values where uh, kindness is really, really important in terms of everything they do. And as we've spoken about Waitrose and the work they do to, to help other people, I think all businesses could be kinder. Certainly, it's one of uh, uh, my values in my business. And I wanted to talk to Lisa about how we could potentially, as business owners, all be a little bit can, uh, kinder. Um, so let's listen to Lisa. Lisa, thank you for joining us today on The Kindness Project. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Well, let, let's start with sharing that story because I think it's amazing. We had a previous guest, and I'll name her because uh, you know she should get the credit for this story as well, uh, Tamina, who um, did say that Russ, she thought Russ was my son. Now, there's a two-year age gap between Russ and I, and I can't put it, I, do I look that old? Have I aged that badly, Russ? It, it's going to stay quiet now. He's not going to comment. I'm glad you asked Russ that question and not me, Chris, because I, I I don't really want to comment because I'm not sure if I'd upset you or Russ, so because I'll just stay silent. Uh, yeah, all right. We'll we we'll, we'll we'll quickly skip over for that over that one if Russ ain't going to comment. Let's start with uh, just a really open question. Tell us a bit about you. Oh, so I'm Lisa, Lisa Cable. I'm um, a mum of twins, so I've got eleven uh, year old twins, Neve and Elliot, who are. I don't know what you'd call them, but they're like the kind of, I guess, key people at the moment in my life and love being around them, looking after yeah. them, supporting them in what they're doing. Um, so that's kind of from a from a personal point of view, like who I see myself, I guess, at this stage. So um, do you reckon, reckon mum's the most important job in your life at the moment? Probably at the moment. I think it kind of, it definitely changes at, at certain points. And I think that... that uh, I'd want to say I'm obviously a wife as well to Paul who you know he's massively important to me too and I kind of see it as, it's us it's the partnership of being parents I think is probably the really important thing it's not necessarily yeah. just being a mum it's being a parent with someone else and you know trying to keep those relationships kind of positive and and you know especially when you go through kind of difficult periods of, of time in your life and so I think it's that it's the kind of the family unit I think is probably yeah. what what yeah. kind of and I, I agree I think it needs to be certainly with Cassie and I it's a partnership you know and we can we 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 couldn't do it any other way do you think I mean we're going to be talking a lot about values uh in our in our conversation do you think certainly for me I was probably less values focused before I became a dad and then as I've sort of, as my two have been born and then I'm, I'm bringing them up, those values and the way that I live my life change because I'm now a role, role model. I'm responsible for <coughs> teaching lessons to these young people. Do you reckon it changes as you get out, uh, as, you, as you become a parent? I think it I think it does I would say it's weird like looking looking at some of the the things we were going to discuss today and, and thinking about values is probably my biggest value in life is fairness yeah. and I can remember feeling that as a young child so even. that came from your family yeah it came from my family and I'm not quite sure where but that feeling is if if I think Paul would probably disagree I think I'm quite a laid-back person generally but if, if something to me doesn't feel fair, then it kind of brings out a bit of, you know, I want to kind of address that and I want to deal with that and I want to give an opinion on that because yes, uh, okay. 
I like the feeling of kind of fairness and I, I remember that as a as a child and probably it probably didn't always come out in the best way when you're a child because you kind of don't know how to always deal with your emotions and you certainly wouldn't have thought it as a, of a thought of it in itself as a value that's something that you hold to you you just it's kind of how you deal with those sort of situations but I think your values when you kind of look back on them you become more aware of them I think when you're a parent but I think kind of when you look back on what they are it comes from from when you are young yeah they they form there don't they and then they start to kind of they they do start to develop I don't I don't know if I've ever told you the story and it's one I'm right I'm writing the um I'm writing the Kindness Project book at the minute. So the the after sort of four years of interviews, I've got so many good stories of like stories I want to share that, that I've learned on the podcast. But when I think about that, sort of for us in the business, and we'll talk a little bit about sort of the, the, the way it manifests in the business, but you know, one of our values as a business is uh, do well, do good. Um, and um, one of the first um uh uh times i can remember that that manifested itself um i um when i was when i was seven at primary school um uh, i was sitting in assembly and um uh they said we've got a special award for what we think is the kindest boy in school right oh. now i don't know why i won this but they said, I said chris don't just like went up got me a award and they'd given me a um uh, do you remember those blue willow plates? Do you remember? I, I don't know why they gave me a plate to be honest, yeah. but they gave me, uh, it, was a, it was like a Chinese bamboo. I know exactly willow. what you mean. Yeah, I've got one from when I was a child. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so they gave me this plate as a as a as a gift, and I went home, and I've never seen my mum prouder. Oh, that's so nice. But anyway, uh, I, I I think I might have told you before, but we uh, Russ and I lost their mum a couple of years ago, uh, and we. We, because it because it was cancer and we knew it was terminal, we got to spend loads of time with her uh, on the on the, on the run up to losing her. And um, uh, she she said to me, "Look, I need to organise all this stuff that I've kept over the years." Um, and she'd kept the plate. Oh, that's so she'd lovely. Kept the plate. So we've got in the house now, um, and it's just I suppose you're right. You know, thinking about where those values come from, they're just yeah. from. Like experiences where they've been positively re- reinforced throughout your life, aren't yeah. they? And do you think you got? Do you feel like as a child that that influence was from your mum as yeah. well? Is that and that's probably why it made her proud because that was yeah, she, kind of her she, value as well, wasn't it? That she obviously tried to instill in in you and your family. Yeah, I mean, she she she. My mum was very um, you know uh, community focused. She did loads yeah. like sort of just off her own back, uh, just out of the kindness of her own heart, just to support other people. And I think, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, I, I probably do a lot less than her in terms of uh, having an impact directly. But I think some of the value is about to give it a bit back. And if you're lucky enough to, to have done all right, you should give a bit back. I think that comes from mum. Where, where do you think it comes from for you? Oh, it's funny. So my my value, I'd say kind of my like three values are kind of relationships, family, that type of thing, fairness that we talked about, which is probably the biggest kind of personal one to me, and then kind of resilience or independence. And yes. I think a lot of that will come from my nan. She was, she was you know, the person in the family that everyone would go to. She, you go there for Sunday dinners, she'd 
ration chocolate for you. She'd just make a whole kind of big thing about being, you know, family, play games and, and things like that. So I think that kind of comes from her. The fairness definitely comes from her. She was, you know, very, um, you know, this is the way you do things. This is the way you treat people. Be kind, be nice, wh whatever that um, looks like. And then I think resilience for her, it was independent. She was... She had her own mind, and I think bearing in mind her kind of respective age, she didn't mind sharing her opinions with people and, yeah. and things like that. And so I think that that comes from her. I think probably from my kind of mum, my mum wasn't an emotional lady, and so she was very much a the kind of, you know, you put a brave face on things, a bit of a... Yeah, stoic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would be the right word. Now, I'm probably the reverse to that in some ways. I'm kind of emotional, wear my heart on my sleeve type of person. And that that definitely comes from my mum. But my mum is also a really kind, yeah. um, you know, lovely, loving person. And I think that just always having support of family kind of makes you feel kind of strong and you yeah. can kind of get through the difficult times. And yeah. And so I think that probably those two sort of strong women, and they're not related, that was my dad's mum that I was talking about, right. having those people as really kind of key role models, I suppose, has kind yeah. of helped me. And just that feeling of wanting, of, of what you get when you do nice things for other people, sometimes it's a bit selfish, it kind of makes you feel good, but you're yeah. doing good for other people. Yeah. Um, but I think that obviously comes out in the way I kind of try to live my life who gets it right all the time probably nobody but I think you just got to kind of try your best and a lot of it just comes down to um just wanting to have those relationships and those human connections and and yeah. that type of thing and and family I guess me is where it kind of all starts and almost where it ends as well because you kind of bring all that back hopefully into the and then hopefully you pass it on to the next generation to then like sort of adopt some of the some of the some of the stuff you think's important but yeah it's um yeah, it's interesting and I, I, yeah and I, often you know I, I suppose one of my biggest faults is that i'm very forward focused and then i don't i forget that actually all of it comes from what i've been told yeah yeah and i think living in the present can be really important as well can't it just yeah. appreciating the things that you've got kind of right now like like you said i lost my dad probably well it was two two and a bit months ago now and that's been a really profound impact that you just don't always kind of appreciate what that's gonna how that's gonna feel like you can't even imagine it i don't think yeah. until, yeah. It, until it happens but i think going back to the relationships that you've got and the people that support you you know it there's so many people when you ask for help or when it, when you kind of have got a community of people around you, whether that's your family or your the people you work with, it's, it is really important to sort of be honest sometimes about how you feel and and having so, that family is is just all key to all of that really. You know, you know what what's interesting is when uh, when my mum passed, Russ and I had a really open and honest conversation because. He, he he was near mum so he did a lot of the sort of caring for me mum over the over the sort of sort of two years up to up to her passing so he, he did an amazing job um and I felt it was important to support him and and make sure that he had some purpose in his life and you know what Lisa it, it, it'll go red me saying this it's lucky he's not on camera but he is he has never ever ever let me down 
Um, so I think I think that's a pull. Um, are you embarrassed yet, Russ? It's not going to come on. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you know what? No, no, it's not because it's not like sort of, you know, I think there's got to be a, a, a relationship of fairness where you both win, you know, and, and, and hopefully by giving him the opportunity, we, we both have, but I think, I think the big, the big thing for me um, was, um, was, you know, that, if you want to call it kindness, that kindness has always been, you know, you know, repaid. And if it's not repaid, if I build a relationship where actually it feels a bit one-sided, it goes back to that fairness thing. I learn a lesson, you know, I, I learn, I learn a lesson about that particular individual or how to do things differently in the future. And yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all lessons learned, isn't it? Saying that, now, yeah. uh, now Russ has been called my son. I'm, I'm, I'm going off him a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk to me. We've talked to a little bit about you personally. We've talked about family. Talk to me about the business. What do you do? So, we um, support older, mainly older people within within the community, and really, kind of the purpose of our business is is to help people age well, um, and it's really about by helping them remain connected to the things that matter to them so so for us it's about really understanding the people that we support that we work with and understanding you know all of those facets about that person really because unless you do that you can't really understand what helps them be connected yeah. and human connection as we know is really really important you know loneliness and and things like that come through a lack of human connection at certain points and just being able to help support people through those challenging um periods of their lives really important and we also focus on the relationships that we have and that the families have with their own families so often the people that we work with that their family members in crisis possibly but they're also in a crisis of sorts of their own because they're trying to manage and balance possibly their family, the needs of their parents, trying to do the right thing, possibly having those feelings of I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, it's very complicated. And this whole kind of feeling of you're a son and a daughter, but you're also a carer is is quite hard to kind of navigate yeah. I think, for, for everybody, really, in that whole sort of process i mean my my experience sometimes with working with my clients is they're in the middle because they might have and i've, I've got examples of, of, of clients i work with this um kids that are still dependent so they're part of that sort of sandwich generation where mum and dad are getting older and they're still looking after kids it's uh yeah it's a it's a huge it's a it's a it's a huge challenge but the Part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you today is to talk a little bit about um, how being kind and running a business intersects. Now, I had a really interesting conversation about this yesterday with a guy who runs a charity. And he made a comment to me, um, and again, perfectly innocent, and, 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 and he was being really genuine about the way he sees the world. He said, I moved out of uh, business and industry and into the charity sector um, because I wasn't mercenary enough to be in business. And I had to say to him, actually, I, don't, I just don't believe that to be true. 
Um, because I firmly believe that um, you can do well financially, run a business, build a build a team, you know, do all that sort of good stuff, and do good. Do you think it's possible? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I probably I wouldn't do what I did. I suppose if I didn't think it was was possible yeah. um, I think it can be a challenge in the sort of sector that we work in with with caring you 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 need to to kind of also think of what you do as a business because clearly yeah. in order to run a successful business you've got to make sure it's profitable and yeah. you know kind of be considerate of all those things and when you're working with people you always feel like you could and should possibly do more but you need to kind of have that as a have some boundaries have, yeah. have boundaries yeah and, and that can be really hard and I'm I'm the sort of person that I have kind of limited like I don't have a lot of boundaries and and I think that's really one lesson that I've learned in order to really build a sustainable business you do need to kind of have some sort yeah. of boundaries and also to to also have a business where you've got a bit of a work-life balance you've got to yeah, have great. boundaries and at certain points I've probably had it wrong uh, COVID obviously has meant that a lot of the team has spent a lot of time obviously working in the business and that has certainly meant kind of family sacrifices and things like that so I think that those things are really important um, I think we do good by personally I think you know at Radfield we do good by living the value living and, and working towards our family the values that we've got within the business and kind of that that is really important to us so I think you can do good and you know I, I don't think is it I don't think business necessarily needs to be mercenary to to kind of use that term but I think you just got to be clear about what you're trying to kind of achieve as a result of it and, and what yeah. you're focused on and our focus really is to make sure <coughs> we treat our staff really well that we get that element of our business right because for us our team our carers our care professionals the people that are out there looking after the clients are kind of really key to clearly the success of our business yeah. but also if they're happy and and understood and, and they get the things that they need from us then that we know that they can help our clients in a really meaningful way so yeah, i think yeah. it's but it's just a constant thing isn't it it's a constant it's and yeah. yeah like you i think for us we just see it's a constant thing we're just continually trying to get better we're not yeah, we, haven't got yeah, it, we haven't got it all right straight away but we're and just there's trying to I mean, learn and there's no such thing as perfect is there you know is, as long as you're trying to aspire to to get as as good and you know as good as you can be as a business that's that's really important but i think one one really important point and one that's you know often neglected is I, I am a firm believer in look, you know, be kind to other people and help other people, but you know, make sure you're kind to yourself because then you've got more energy to give back. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes as business owners, that's what we miss, isn't it? You know, that bit where we want to, you know, we want to help, support, and give, but then you turn around and go, well, don't. If I'm not, you know, balanced and and happy, I I, I can't do all that consistently because I'm going to burn out. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I think I experienced that when I left my job prior to setting up Bradfield. I was at that point where I was kind of really burnt out. I worked for a lovely company; it was great, and it wasn't really anything to do with them. But I'd worked in London for twenty years since yeah. I was sixteen. Just to say that I'm not. 
2016. So I got to the point where it had been my kind of formative years. I'd worked, if you like, and worked in that environment. And then my adult years. And I kind of got to the point where I actually just didn't like doing what I was doing anymore. And it wasn't really anyone's fault. But I think it was that. And I had an illness. And I think that illness made me then go, okay. Reevaluate evaluate what I'm doing and and I think it is a bit of a shame that some for most people it does take a crisis in some way or another for that re-evaluation to happen and yeah. Yeah. um kind of that's that's what happened to me and so I am more cautious now about just trying to make sure that I don't burn out because like you say you do need to be able to you need to kind of have the energy yourself yeah. to to do it so like I do love a bit of kind of personal development and and kind of just working on understanding myself as well, so you can then also better understand the kind of people around you and things like that. So I mean, it's, it's interesting because I did um, I did twenty years odd like in various cor- corporate jobs and in the city. I'm not going to say how old I was when I started. Just <laughs> ask me some. Um, it will it will tell you. But <laughs> I am desperate for Russell to get involved in it. He, he never gets involved in podcast interviews, Lee. So I'm just, I'm just like coaxing him, like encouraging him to to come in. Um, talk to him. We've, we've had a little uh, conversation about your values and and why they're important. And I suppose one of the things that I'm really sort of conscious of, because funny enough, our our values, like my values personally, do reflect in the business. And mine, we share a value, and that is fairness. You know, fairness is really important to us. Um, we've got, funny enough, focus on improvement, that continuous development stuff. Um, uh, we've got fun because we like to sort of spend, make sure that we we were enjoying what we do and then do well, do good, which is about, you know, making sure that, giving back is enshrined in what we do as a business um uh but th- basically that's what I try and teach my girls you know that's why that's that, that's where those values come from um and they're manifested in the business in in different ways in 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 my business how how do your values manifest in your business so kind of the, the the values of the business are funny enough we are a family and that means that we try yeah. to treat people like their family yeah. you, you know i think you hear a lot of kind of caring companies say that type of thing because of the kind of images that it generates for people um but i think that it's something that we truly live by so yeah. for us it, it shows up in the way that we treat our staff the way that we look after our clients the, the things that we do for our clients that go kind of above and beyond what we would see as kind of a traditional support that they might expect so that's that's clearly one of them um and then we're on your side so i think that is all about kind of fairness as well we're on your side we advocate for the people that we support so we see they need something you know we advocate with different um healthcare professionals to get that we kind of see that that support is there for them as well so it's not just about the care it's about kind of helping them get what they need or advocating for themselves when they maybe can't um do that you know on their own um and then we're proud of what we do proud of what we do so that to me again kind of lines a little bit with the independence the resilience you're kind of you're proud of what you do you you kind of embody it you give your all to it you yeah. you kind of you do your best back. you do your, yeah you do your best you kind of bounce back when things are tough because it yeah. is tough it really yeah. is a tough industries at certain points to work 
into and then it's just about trying to you know it's not just about me saying that they're our values it's about the rest of the team kind of living by them living as well yeah. recruiting the right people that support those values is is obviously a massive um a massive part of that and i think for me we can all talk about values and we can all talk about kind of how they are and we can put it in the literature that we talk about our company it's just it's about how you live it if you live it yeah and again it's not about perfection because i'm sure there's areas where people might say oh you you know this could be better and that's true in all all aspects of our life but it's just about living them breathing them taking action towards you know being that way and that is where it kind of comes back if you like kind of full circle i think Uh so what did you think of the first part of the interview? It was good. I can't wait for the second part. Yeah, it'd be good. That'll be next week. And on that... Here's the end of another podcast. But the end is never truly the end. Because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. And our entirely new this week is last week's question of the podcast, as it is every week. And last week's question of the podcast, answered by yours truly um, and you guys, is what's your favourite canned drink? Now, Charlotte and I have said we both love Lil because of its totally tropical taste. But we had a bunch of different answers, all of them valid, apart from Iron Brew. Uh, David Forsdyke said, what? Iron Brew is not a valid answer, is it? What's your, remind us, what's your, what's your favourite soft drink? Uh, Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max is Same a Pepsi Max fan. It's not a valid answer. David Forsdyke said Ting. I've never had a Ting. Uh, Keely Benning said Cherry 7-Up. David Bowley said Cherry Cherry Coke. Eve Keith said Rio. Ricky Addy said San Miguel. Sam Kane said... She loves Lil, but have you tried a Rubicon? No. I, I always yeah. see re- Rubicon the for sale. Well. Oh, uh, it's nice. The bottled ones are nice, but the canned ones But would nice. you have a Lil or a Rubicon? A Lil. Okay, fair enough. I won't try a Rubicon then. Serena said a Diet Coke. Alison said cream soda. Now, I love cream soda. Absolutely adore cream soda. Carol Staunton said a Rio. Uh, John Cook said a Breeder. Uh, breeder? Uh, I think it's beer. Sharon Hirsch said... Uh, can it be alcoholic? I'm going with Copperberg. Cousel uh, is up for a fever tree tonic. Gemma Playford said a cherry coke. Brian said a can of whoop ass. <laughs> I don't know. Can of water. Uh, I, I don't know if that. Yeah, you like that canned water soap, don't you? With the little weird top. Sandra Connington said, I don't have canned drinks, but I, I agree that fever tree is nice. But only with a gin. Caroline Thompson said orange Fanta. Emma said uh, Emma Stevens said diet coke lime. Mm. Stacey Keane said cherry coke or Dr Pepper. Justin Gavney said old Jamaican ginger beer. Again, not one I've had. Uh, Carol Hassey said uh, no fizzy drinks for me, but I'll have a gin tea and a tonic. Uh, Pedro Floyd said Cariba. Uh, Kariba. N- n- Kariba, Nicholas Toes at Diet Coke. Karen said Fizzy Ribena. Steve Chilton said Sam Pellegrino Blood Orange. Now, I was at the gym this morning. Oh, my I treat. Now, I'm, no, I like Sam Pellegrino Classic. My Sunday morning treat coming out the drip gym, Sam Pellegrino. I love it. Uh, Mandy Medlock said Pepsi Max. Karina Murray said a Milo. I don't know, I've never had one of them. Ian Brazier said, I'm surprised no one said Iron Brew. Yet. Oh, I am, bro. Uh, 
Benjamin Fox in cream soda and tab clear. Josh Cartwright's in root beer. I love it. I used to love a root beer and cream soda. Lorraine Hornsby said San Pellegrino. And Johnny Hall said a bing. Uh, that, my friends, is what everybody's favourite uh, soft drink is. And that is the end of another podcast. Say bye. 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 Say bye. Bye. Have a lovely week and we'll see you next time on The Kindness Project. Bye. Bye.